All right, all. Welcome back to another episode of the Rob Ben and Bastards. Uh, I'm your host, Greg, from at Greg Lord Outdoors, here with one half of the usual suspects. Uh, we have Ryan Van Tine. Uh, what's going on? Yo, yo. Not much, man. Just hanging out. Those headphones are maybe not going to work. You sound so muffled right now. All right, let me get them off real quick. <laughs> um, and uh, Ben is going to be jumping on here soon. I think he's doing some uh, some family stuff, um, so he'll be on here momentarily. So tonight we are going to do a little bit of a reverse recap from our past weekend of tournaments, um, and we are joined by our river event winner eric whitmer what's going on tonight man what's up guys how's it going so uh we had our on this past sunday we had our last event for the uh i'm gonna call it the regular season um of the river series and it was held on the kiski river and eric took home the dub uh, additionally, he took home Big Bass with an absolute fucking tank of a smallmouth on the Kiski River at a 21-incher. So we're going to get to that uh, momentarily. But before we get into the fun tournament recap, um, Eric, you are a new guest. And new guests don't get out of here with answering some questions that I have on the podcast. So Eric Whitmer. Why do you suck at fishing? Why do I suck at fishing? Yeah. Wow, because I can't slow down. I like uh, it. <laughs> so just want to keep going, 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 huh? No, I mean, I get impatient with finesse fishing at times. That's that's understandable, with, uh, and especially with smallmouth fishing. That can be very understandable. And I mean, honestly, with largemouth fishing as well, because one of my favorite techniques techniques is the drop shot, which you have to be somewhat slower with that. But as I have said in previous episodes, I use the drop shot like a search bait almost, and I do not fish it slow, but that is how I like to fish that. So you don't like fishing I fish slow. the Ned Rig the same way. Okay. Fast, <laughs> but like I said in the, uh, yeah spring eerie stuff i struggle yeah it's so it's like it's one of those things where um like my buddy and i have talked about it and in my like my kayak and bass fishing career which honestly at this point is literally just going on basically year three and a half um i started out as a complete power fisherman i chucked everything i could i fished fast i threw top water spinner baits like those are what i knew how to fish and what i pretty much only fished and then i went complete opposite end of the spectrum and started fishing these little tiny like one and a half inch paddle tails and on like one sixteenth ounce jigs and did well with that and now i feel like i've kind of meshed all of my you know, skill set and knowledge base together. And I feel like I've, you know, kind of went into a semi decently rounded angler at this point, but um, yeah, I know a lot of people like using drop shot as a, you know, 
they find a school of fish, they throw it, they start picking off fish left and right with it. A lot of times whenever I would go out and fishing with that, man, I would throw that out along like weed edges and grass lines and stuff. And I would fish it fast and just try to see if I can get into a bite and then keep going with it, which is not the, the typical for that style of fishing. So it's uh you know kind of one of those to each their own type of things and whatever whatever suits them whatever catches them fish is uh what they need to continue doing and speaking of catching fish you put the hammer down this past weekend on the kiski big, big time yeah um so we found out about your 21 um, and I'm going to just get this out of the way and Ryan and Eric both know it's already coming what this story is going to be for me. Uh, so not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to just be completely blunt. Uh, I flipped my fucking kayak 30 minutes into our float on Sunday. Um, it was entirely my fault. I looked back at the GoPro footage. I did not high side on a rock, which is what we maybe thought that I did. I got myself outside of the gunnel of my kayak. I'm used to running my AP120, which is a barge, and I can do a whole goddamn Zumba exercise in that thing if I wanted to. Um, but I cannot do that in the Bonafide, in the 107. And I found that out very quickly, very unfortunately. I lost a lot of gear. Um, luckily, I was safe. But we found out about your 21 inch fucking smallmouth as I was recouping on the shoreline with <laughs> Ryan and Joe Backy, uh, or Back You. I'm not sure how you say his last name, Ryan. <laughs> back You. Back You. But uh, yeah, we found out about your 21. And I'm pretty sure Ryan will 100% vouch for this. And I said, I bet he caught it on a goddamn swim bait because yep. I saw your stuff rigged up whenever you were launching because you did launch from the same one that we did, except you were doing single access and went up the river. We went down the river. Um, if you want to say you caught it on that, that's fine. If you want to keep stuff close to your chest, that's fine. I let it entirely oh, no, That's up. exactly what I caught it on. Yeah, <laughs> no, fucking course you did. That's what I caught everything on. He was, I mean, uh, there's no sugar coat and it's, it's, I mean, Eric, I caught I, I caught with, fish on uh, Ned rig, but nothing that me measured on my board. Um, everything I caught, I mean, I threw a jackhammer too. Nothing hit, um, but it was a to, swim jig. To give perspective of how this conversation went, Eric, with me, Joe, and Greg. Greg was half naked. Standing on rocks, his adrenaline was like finally wearing off. He was starting to tremble as he was like, you know, when your adrenaline goes pumping and then it like you, the high wears off and you kind of like start to like tremble a little bit. And mm -hmm. uh, he was he was getting back to his wits and like every like he started to calm down. He was re rigging, and then me and Joe were kind of like watching joe was like did you see that fucking fish and i was like no he's like it's a 21 and i looked and it was you and i was like motherfucker he launched right with us and then yeah and then goes greg goes i bet you he caught it on that swim jig and then we were at the award ceremony and sure as shit you said i caught that on the swim jig yep that was uh 
what I caught everything on. Like I said, I caught four with it, four before the fog that were over sixteen. Um, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's, I got that's I got lucky. Awesome. I got lucky. I couldn't see anything. I'd never been on the river before. I was going upriver, started getting shallow. Didn't know where I was going. Couldn't see anything else, and so, and so I did have my motor on the bow mount, and I didn't want to be running into rocks. So I spot locked on an area and started throwing. And next thing you know, I caught a sixteen. I was like, yeah, you know, and moving and that 21 hit uh my second fish so it, it was uh on for Marin and I, I caught the uh, uh, 16 and 16 and a half I think and then a 17 and a half and lost uh another one that was over 15 it would have put me over it would have put me at my best five for today but uh I had to work work a little bit more for the fifth fish but I got lucky as far as the fog kept me down from moving past the spot. And uh, I finally found them in one area, uh, you know, so. Well, I have to and ask. Least, and I was that guy that was, you know, usually I'm the one saying, did you see that fish? You know, holy shit. <laughs> it was good to be on that other side of it for once. Uh, I'm sure. I'm completely sure. I have to ask. So. Going into this tournament, it was another small local event that you were able to get into. It kind of had like a dual purpose for you because you have an event mm -hmm. with KA coming up, right? So yeah. does this does this hurt you going into this? Now, are you like too dead set on this water? Or do you think that nah. those fish are still going to be holding? I mean, it's going to change. The water level is going to change. I got lucky with the way the water was flowing, too. It was it's, – it, it's, it was flowing it fast. Lies. In case it, anyone was wondering, I, it, it was it was flowing really fast. It, but I found that up. out. <laughs> it was fast. It was up. It was muddy, or had a not real nice stain to it. So it just everything lined up for me. And will it be the same way? I won't be able to use a motor, so that'll be a different. You know, that's another difference spot. Uh, so, um, but I I believe it. You know, got me. Uh, gonna want to fish the kiski instead of the allegheny and there you go yeah it was uh it was one of those things like we i had talked with van time I, I mean chad put up 220s too on the kiski so i mean it, there was a beast it was caught. fishing hot it was right. fishing hot that day uh between vandergrift upper vandergrift and where we put in there were so many i know like just from talking with people about where they were fishing uh, there were so many big fish and it's like kind of scary because like that's a small area. It's only about four miles, five miles where all the big fish were caught. And it's weird because I float that a lot. And with how fast that water was going for them all to just be chilling in that one area, that kind of is like telling for me because I've never really fished that river when it was up like that. Um, typically it's always down and low and clear gin clear and, and especially in the summer and, uh, the pools just fish way different up there when it's low and clear and to see how many big fish were caught in that small of an area for how big that river is that small of an area, all those big fish, it was just pretty incredible to see that. Yeah, it was, um, 
like we said, the water was definitely moving. We had a fair amount of uh, rain and stuff coming into the event. Um, the Army Corps was sending out stuff for how they were keeping the water levels um, at a pretty steady, uh, I would almost say like a steady drop, but it definitely was holding, um, it was not blown out. Like I would not have considered that blown out. Like I've seen. No, it wasn't blown out at all. It was, it was perfect. It yeah. was per- So the, the thing about it is typically on a fall, like after water rises from a rain, typically on a fall, bass shut down, um, like on the tail end of the fall. I'm th- what I'm, I'm thinking happened here is that the core held that at such a steady release for an extended amount of days that the bass had already recuperated from that fall. And they were like, so the water was consistently at at like six and five it was at like six to five feet it wasn't enough of a drop for the bass to shut down if that makes sense like it was an extended drop to where they had already recuperated from the actual drop that the the amount of water coming out was just keeping the the water stained it was just kind of like when the water pulls some of that dirt off the side off the banks it was like a like a silty stain with a really good flow it was just perfect fishing conditions we just didn't see any of it greg sorry yeah no no i mean uh i mean i saw i mean it was set up i saw the water up close so yeah you know i caught it wasn't just that you know i caught one or i hooked one uh around 12 30 down pretty much uh not not far not pretty much just right across from the launch so i hooked him in the shot in a shallow on the shore and he ran into the deeper into the middle and uh it just was gone it was just one of them where just all of a sudden you're fighting i never thought i was gonna lose him but it was another really nice one um and it was he was in a you know a <laughs> little further down not really in the water same water that i was fishing earlier yeah it was um it, it definitely I, I like how that water is and it's hard for me at times because the the mindset that I get into with this um, because I do a lot of steelhead fishing as well is that like that water level would have been just a little bit too much for steelhead in my mind like it needed to be another day of dropping and clearing out to actually have like a good day of steelhead fishing. But like you said, that day that we were there was ideal for smallmouth for us. Um, Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we just didn't get into them. And like Ryan, you and I were talking and we just feel like maybe through that section where you felt like there were going to be a lot of big fish is that they just pushed up the river some like that's the only thing we can think of is that they they got up the river and they were up where eric was fishing and he hooked into some good ones i don't know exactly where eric caught fish but i've fished that river enough to know that there are like three major bends in that river and where the river's edge sit is the sharpest bend in that river so when the water's up i feel like if you're coming down the river, river left, up after the river's edge, when the water's up like that, I feel like there's it's just a massive, there's an outside wall where that water just cuts down and there is a major, major, major current break on river left there. I feel like, I've never really tried it, but I feel like 
it, when the water's up like that, all the fish are pushing up into that river left side after that current break. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they were up. I, I caught them like I caught them more in the shallower water. Um, yeah. You know, and where we launched, it's real deep right through there, and you know, you get up, you get up a little further up, and then it starts getting shallow, and then there's a couple, a couple real shallow spots up there too. Um, but even in the afternoon, I went up and I was floating down the river and I was, I was doing better on the shallower water. Um, probably around the three foot, two, three foot of water, um, long cast and just railing. Um, and I lost, I lost a good handful of fish that day too. Yeah, we, uh, so Ryan, Joe, and I all floated from Leechburg the entire way down to the Freeport boat launch, which I am not going to lie. Uh, I am so goddamn spoiled with my autopilot because <laughs> I was fucking sore after we got done that day, I actually called off half a day of work the next day because I was like, I ain't going to work tomorrow. Like, forget that. Like I'm going to call off. I don't even care. Um, but that was a long ass paddle and it was. Yeah. You guys didn't even have pedals. No, like, I mean, I, I don't have pedals on my bona fide. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it, it truly was. Right. I bought that kayak to be, a river slash creek beater because that's what I needed. And um it was unfortunate, but the the ironic thing was, and Joe was saying, like typically once we got to a certain point, he's like, normally I just you know paddle my ass down to the Allegheny at this point because like this fishing through here is never good. It, he was the still, same thing happened to me. He was still the catching fish through there. Like he was still catching mm-hmm. a lot of fish. It was through really freaking weird. It was the weirdest thing. I've never had that happen. Joe and I have floated that section so many times. I've never had it happen that way. I've never had it happen where I didn't catch any through those first three miles. And then you get to the slow water and you catch fish. I've never had that happen. It was yeah. really strange. I mean, Joe was catching fish pretty much the entire time. Um, I only, I hooked into one prior to flipping. Um, I hooked into a good one on top water, um, shortly after flipping and I got into one further down in that slower stuff. Once we got down towards where all those docks were near Freeport. Um, but those were the only fish I caught until, got to the very end of the float and was told to, to do a little bit of adventuring. And I hooked into a couple <laughs> class fish on a small body of water. So, um, I was pretty, pretty happy about that. It was, uh, and man, it was fun. I'm, and, you know, I don't want to give location away. You had one hell of a float. Yeah, no I, pedals or motor. Yeah, I floated, I floated and <laughs> paddled my ass off with these guys, and guys, then, de- and then decided with like you guys going up or after or before. Yeah, so. I mean it was just me that went, but like we got to done with the float, and we still had I don't know probably an hour hour and a half, hour and a half left, and I was like I'm gonna do this, dude. I'm gonna send it. I I don't like to give up. I don't like only having one fish on the board. That's you know, I'm not, 
I still finished in last place and whatever, it's fine. But I was throwing a Chapa 125 in water that you should not be throwing a Chapa 125 in. And the first fucking cast, I had a fish blow up three times and missing that lure, threw it back up in there, hooked it. And it was a, I think that was my 16 and a half. And then threw like 30 yards further up and hooked that 17 and a quarter. And I was just like, you have got to be fucking kidding me right now. Like, <laughs> I wasn't lying. I know. I, I did not think you were. <laughs> and it was awesome. Uh, hey, hey, Ben, what's going on, buddy? Hey, hey what's up, man? Not much. Just, uh, not, uh, just, just doing a podcast here, Ben. Yeah. You know, just oh, wait, is that, what, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I got invited to my own podcast. It was awesome. <laughs> hey, you're so popular. You invited yourself to your podcast. <laughs> I invited him. <laughs> I know, I know. That's so ridiculous. Uh so uh what was really kind of cool too was you know, we Ryan said that we, you know, potentially would see someone, wasn't really sure if we would or not. And we go to start heading down to the ramp. We saw headlights and we're like, oh, we wonder if it's Joe. Obviously, it was not Joe, but we were talking to Eric while we were getting all like rigged up and everything. And, uh, you know, had said to him, like, hey, man, this isn't like a negative towards anything with the series. We have talked about this a couple times now. River Series seem to maybe not get as many people in them, and it's it's understandable under the situation. It's a float; it's not as easy as a lake. Um, and we said, like, dude, if you place well, like, there's a chance you're going to end up being able to fish in the Susky for the River Series Championship. Sure as fuck, here it is. The dude wins it <laughs> first time fishing on the river, catches a 21 on top of that, and now he's going out to the Susky uh, in basically a week and a half to uh, fish in our River Series Championship. Which yeah, looking forward to hitting the Susky again. Um, you know, just w- was just out there. Damn. And hope it's uh, – hope I do as well, if not uh, – or actually I need to do better than I did there as far as in the PA bass. So uh, my best was 85 and uh, half inches out there. So I need to do better out there this time. I shit the bed every single time I've been out there. I have not been able to get dialed in. I'll catch fish. I can't, I, I don't stay on a pattern out there and I can't figure out why. I don't know. Just time on the water, dude. It's all it takes. Like the more I go out there, I feel like the better it's going to get. And the more I'll be able to like focus on certain things there. Well, I was out there for the first time last year um, for the KA uh, team or championship in or, or team competition. And the first day we were out there free fishing, it had a nice stain to it, but you were, you know, clear. It was one side was clearer than other than the other, yeah. Um, yeah, rip- but it had a nice stain. And then we went out right. the next day and that stain was gone and it was clear and it was tough. Um, there was a lot of locals of fish that day in the same stretch. And uh, because the power hour was out there then in October, um and then this last time out there as you know it was uh it was up but it was on its way down they said but it still produced and it produced produced giants through everybody billy derborough said if that would have happened two days earlier if that event would happen two days earlier it would have been well over 500 inches for first place yeah when you get a fishery like that it's on the downside of a 
of a rainfall, it you don't realize how much it shuts down until you go to a place like that and 200 inches is all that's caught in eight hours. I mean, it's a lot. Don't get me wrong. That is a lot, like 200 and whatever. I think it was like 200. Mm-hmm. Is, 260, I think it was 268 for winning. I put up 221 and got ninth out of it. So they would put up. Oh, yeah. they. That's what. In uh, the rise condition, if that would have been on the rise, it would have been well over 500. And I believe it, too. I mean, that, well, that's what Jordan probably, Oliver said on the pod. Because you could. You, you can see what happened on the Kiski. I mean, those aren't normal Kiski numbers. Everyone caught fish, and there are like – let me go back into here. Yeah, I was going to say, Ryan, pull up the uh, pull up the stands if you don't mind. But I mean, we got Eric with a 21, Claypool with two 20s, Rick Mack, mm-hmm. two over 17, Dan Darrington with an 18-and-a-half. That teenager, Anthony, that we ran into, he caught a 17-and-three-quarter. Yeah, he caught that in the Allegheny. We watched Joe and I watched him catch that one because it was he thought he had a muskie on actually, but uh, yeah, we watched him catch that one in the Allegheny by that island. Colton Hutchinson, eighteen. Oh, okay. I mean, there were a lot of big fish caught. A lot. Dude, it's crazy to think that um, in that power hour that you're talking about, like. I would lose a hundred inches of fish off my board because of them flopping off and stuff. I still have not figured out how to get a small mouth to stay chill while I try to take a picture. There is, it's just impossible. But small mouth chill. Yeah. So Eric ended up uh, taking first, and we were talking about it at the uh, at the award ceremony afterwards. You were sweating a little bit though, dude, because Chad was uh, making a real hard push at the end there with two twenties, and I'm gonna honestly say like two twenties on the Kiski and not taking first place, like that's that's pretty fucking impressive that you yeah. were able to beat that and hold out hold him out to to keep the win on that one. Well, yeah, it was uh, he had two fourteen, so all he needed was a fifteen, and it was in that last hour, and it was over. Because, uh, like I said, I hooked one that would have put it away at 1230, but he just was Houdini'd me and got away. And uh, I, I pretty much was not just nothing and no more action after that. Caught one more dink. But, uh, you know, it was uh, it, <clears throat> the water's changed throughout the day. Like I said, everything I had a lot of luck on everything or found the fish before nine o'clock before that fog burned off. Yeah, they were. Uh, that, that seemed to be when once the fog burned off, it slowed down. Isn't it crazy that like just such subtle changes in that kind of stuff can make or break an entire day? Like you mm-hmm. hammered fish in the first three hours of fishing, and then for five hours. You said you only hooked one decent one after that. Oh no, like, no, I caught fish, and I and I oh. called like I called like three, I had like three calls, so I caught oh, okay, a twelve okay, and a half. Okay. I caught a twelve. My I caught a twelve and three quarter, which gave me my limit, and then I had like two or three calls to get to. Well, I think it was a thirteen and a or fourteen something like that, thirteen and three quarter. You know, so I, it was baby calls though. You know, make up an inch here, make up an inch. Yeah. Or hey. not make up an inch, make up a quarter inch, quarter inch. Still, dude, 
that you needed what a half inch to to beat. Yep. No, I mean that's all that matters a lot of times. Uh, but you know, it's it's still just the fact that like that little variability within the amount of sun hitting the water and you know those type of things. I mean, we're all you know seasoned quote unquote seasoned anglers here where you know you understand that but it's still just kind of like you know boggles your mind a little bit to be like that's all it takes to like turn the fish on or turn the fish off is just Mm -hmm. one little thing like that and like the one i lost uh that would have given me my limit around that time could have cost me the tournament yeah because it was definitely a 15 or better um that you know the way it pulled it was uh it was falling right up into the line of uh you know 16s that i was catching 17 uh, well dude, so what was i don't going, know what it was what was going through your mind whenever you hooked that 21 actually i was real real calm until uh i got that fish back in the water and i was done and then i started losing my mind kept checking the identifier making sure i had the right code <laughs> even though i knew i did I checked the code about five times, uh, you know, till I seen that fish accepted email. Um, <laughs> uh, my uh, my heart was racing at that point. So, like I said, everything getting the fish in and measuring, I was surprisingly calm. It wasn't until uh, after that that I, you know, started losing it, and then went and then I caught. I think I caught a seventeen and a half after that. So that kind of call me down that was within a half hour after that dude if i caught that 21 i would have been able to like you would have been able to hear me if you were underwater like i was at that time so you know no big deal (laughs) screaming like holy fuck um but no that was that was awesome for you and uh like brian said i mean you were pretty open about it. You were like, yeah, I'm just out here, you know, saw there was a local, local tournament going on, figured I would jump into it. I have a, you know, my event coming up for KA and everything wanted to just kind of test these waters a little bit. And sure enough, dude, like there was eight hours later, you're, you're taking home a, a big bass and a first place check for the day. Yeah, it was fun. Um, yeah, I meant, uh, been trying to get out like i said i wanted to fish the yacht that was uh canceled and then uh when you rehab when they yacht came back uh i was in florida so that didn't fit my schedule uh and then the other ones yeah the other ones it's just really uh you know mixing them all in the tournaments together it just yeah it can be overwhelming dude i totally get it (laughs) i've fished a lot of tournaments this year already um, Dan, the, you want to talk about I'm, fishing I'm tournaments? In the, I'm in the double digits, and uh, you know I have a yeah. good hand, handful of two days. So, um, but yet yeah, that that was to pre-fish for a tournament or just to check some waters out that gave me the reason to be there, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I got to tournament fish it too, so it wasn't just go out and have fun and pre-fish just screw around. It was I got the tournament pre-fish. Uh, the waters when uh when is that event for you um that's the next weekend after your chan the championship okay so they it's on the, like the ninth, ninth i believe yep 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, obviously the waters will be different, and and um, you know, and I am very uh, intrigued on this one now because I I noticed uh, Drew Gregory is signed up for it. Oh, look at that! Yeah, wait for the KA event. Yes, he is signed up in uh, Torny X. Oh shit! Look mm-hmm. at that. That's yeah, pretty fucking cool. Uh, oh, cool. Chad uh, posted that last night, and uh, I was like, "What?" <laughs> You gotta I go. go. I, I had to double take to, to see. <laughs> go out there, catch that twenty-one, catch Chad's two twenties. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, dude, put up a hundred inches on the Kiski. Holy fuck, <laughs> that would be bonkers. <laughs> uh, so you, um, obviously had a a you know ridiculously good day with that. Is there? I know you said you lost a fish and everything. Um, do you feel that that gave you like a good gauge for what you would end up potentially doing for the future? Or are you kind of still just going to wait and see how the water plays out and that sort of stuff once you get closer to tournament time? Well, there's a lot of variables that change just to, like I said, there's no, mo- you know, I was using a motor. I was allowed, Oh, so that's true. I wasn't I even thinking about locked. that where I, I spot locked in the area. So the motor also helped me win this tournament uh, because that's once why I got in. I, that's why I fish in their series, by the way, I would, I fished yeah. in KA previously. Once I got the AP, I found out about the series through my neighbor um, who sent me a link like, Hey, you might be interested in this. And the rest is obviously history, but that is a thousand percent. The reason why I fish in the um, yeah, KBKS so- is because of the motor. So with the water is if the water's if the water was the same level I could do what I did uh, I would need an anchor and uh but if the water's down I'm probably not if the water's down a little down more from what it was I'm probably not going to be able to get up in there the way I, or the fish aren't going to be hanging in that same area because it's going to be a little I, I don't you know who knows it's but there's a lot of variables and uh I've looked at float. the forecasted weather recently a lot um it, more than likely that water is going to be back to summer like just below four foot mm-hmm. and clear that's probably what it's going to if i had to take a guess right now two weeks out through almost three weeks i, I yep. would say that you're planning on under four and clear so uh, what was it at when we were out there 5.09 okay yeah, it was, and it was uh, about twenty two hundred. Yeah, it was uh, realistically like that's a little on the high side for me, and a little on the fast side for me. I like fishing clear, a little bit slower. I like current. I do not like like the lower yawk shit, the lower end of the Kiski shit. I hate that. Mm-hmm. But I like like the when it falls over the shoals. Like I, I really enjoy just fishing like a nice low clear water body, but that water fished phenomenal for that event well i i think uh just my experience i see higher numbers come when it's water like that yep uh, fish are more they you know people more. are catching more fish too because you when you're in a kayak they once they if when the water's clear they can see you and they see that kayak if they see you you know you get to do long cast in the shallow you're you know get to change up the bait uh Yep. In the water we had, it's a lot. You can get a better reaction bite with a brighter color. Yep. Uh, 
Um, you know, and, and you're just what I've seen, you know, over the past is, you know, so if that water goes down, might not fish the same way, be a little tougher. Um, but it's a river and rivers change every yeah, day, every single day. Yep. It's kind of, you know, attributing it again back to like for fishing for steelhead and everything is that the, you know, we always like to hit those streams whenever it's on, on the drop, because we know we're going to have color. We know we're going to have current because once it gets like just under where that drop would be, then it goes back to that same stuff. Like you were saying, like, it's going to be clear. It's going to be a little bit slower. You're still going to catch fish, but like whenever it has that little bit of an up, you throw some bigger baits, you catch some bigger fish. Um, just for that simple fact of you don't have that as much of a, um, you know, you're not spooking fish like you would whenever it's low and clear and everything. So I, I definitely favor the same thing with having the water being a little bit up and everything. I mean, unfortunately, I, again, I felt the brunt of how quick that water was moving, but, um, yeah. you know, I hit that, I hit that at the, uh, yawk two day for Laurel Highlands. Um, the first day it was lower. It was clear. I hit big fish, but I could only catch three of them. I was uh, unable to get a limit. So I wasted two 18s. And then the mm. next day I just absolutely killed it and put 87 inches up in it. But the water overnight changed. It got, it went up, it got faster and Damn. it got stained. Yeah. Yeah, that, that muddy, muddy if I would have had if I would have caught one twelve if I would have caught one or I, I I was potentially uh close to winning that tournament with four fish if I could have got because how much I like, killed it on the one day. But that was the change of the water. The water went it, it changed to the benefits similar to what we just had. And uh you know, it, it produced a lot better. Yeah. It was it was a fun day. I mean, all things considered, again, uh, even with me uh, flipping and all that fun stuff, I mean, thank you to Ryan and Joe for being around to, to help me out and, you know, kind of get me squared back away and, you know, watch me swim down the river after my floating Crocs and my bump board and my paddle and all that good stuff. So, um you know, luckily I was able to keep the stuff I needed to continue fishing. Um, and wish I would have had a day like Eric did it. We, what's kind of crazy too, is like Ryan, Joe and I had actually, I feel like even maybe like that morning or the night before talked about like, do you think we should go up the river a little bit and float down? Like we literally, Eric, we would have literally been floating right past down. you. Like, yeah, we. Oh yeah, we would have been yeah. floating. I thought about it, and I was like, "Nah, you know what? Because it's already a long float." And I had made arrangements to get Colton Hodgson back up to his vehicle, and he was meeting us at the Leechburg launch. And I was like, "Let I don't want to change plans last minute. We're just going to stick with it." And lo and behold, the section that would have benefited us to be floating down through that early in the morning—not that I would have been throwing a swim jig, but the possibility of catching one of those fish was taken away because we started below. 
I mean, well, you know, what are you supposed to do? Like, yeah, it, it, is, it. it is what it is. You, you make that decision, you set your plan. And that's kind of like, that's the, the beauty and the, the beast, I guess to say of river fishing is, you know, you have to, once you make a plan, like you kind of got to stick with it. Like you can't, yep. you know, halfway through decide like, ah, you know what, I'm going to go hit another area. Well, too bad, bro. Your, your pull out, like to get to your vehicle is still two plus miles away. And guess what? You don't even have a vehicle there. Like you have to yep. figure out how to get back to your truck and shit. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a, a nature of the beast when it comes to this type of fishing, but you know, you can get into those magical days, which is exactly what Eric did. So congrats, bro. Yeah, nice. absolutely. It was fun. Well, I uh, bet it was. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> sure it was. Um, so Eric, we will, I'm going to do uh, the one other thing that new guests have to go through is my other series of questions. Um, we will go through those and feel free if you want to, at that point to jump off and everything, because we're going to talk about yellow Creek, which is something you didn't fish. And then we're going to do a little bit of, uh, some talk about the series and stuff throughout the year. So I'll get yeah, into I'll this. I'll probably be on just mute my, I'll mute my phone and okay. do other things here. You can, you can jump so. in whenever you want to. I just wanted to give you the option. Like I yep. said, we talked, I know you have uh, you got a kiddo and you got work and everything. So, um, fully, I'm just fully an old man and I get, my uh nine o'clock starts to be my bedtime uh the, the matlock <laughs> episodes are running out so you gotta go to bed nah i just get up early and i'm like eh, that's fun so there are five questions that all the new guests that are on here get asked and um well actually i guess technically six questions uh we already asked the one that's kind of our icebreaker of why you suck at fishing uh so for our end of episode questions for you when you are driving to the lake or to the river to go fishing what are you listening to on the radio um if i have the radio on it's uh turbo uh series xm turbo um or tool oh okay i can get down with that Wait, and I get what kind of psychopath are you? You don't listen to the radio. You don't have music on while you're driving. In my head, I, you know, I'm prob- probably thinking in my head that you know I can't get out of my head, so I'm playing everything through. <laughs> I don't know. Like my head never stops, so I do it all the time. I listen to the radio, but a lot of times that's where I get my thinking done. <laughs> driving. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I uh, I was talking to my like work buddies the one day, and I was like, uh, I sent out a. a message to like our group text and everything i was like have you ever been driving for like a period of time and realized you never had the radio on and like you've just been driving in silence and you don't even realize it like i did that one day driving to a hospital for work and i was like i literally just drove for the last hour and had nothing playing on my radio what is wrong with me right now and then of course i do that all the time (laughs) and then of course i had to do the like turn down the music i need to follow these directions better one of those old man <laughs> things. Uh, okay. Question number two. What is your sheets order? Ice. Ice. <laughs> wait, wait a second. You, you don't eat sheets? 
Oh no, I I, I might um, or I might get a thing of beef jerky and put it in a kayak and never eat it. I usually don't eat. I'm usually too worked up to eat when I'm throwing when I'm in the tournament. Even though I have something, I just never do eat till I'm done. My fat ass parks on a rock and has a full meal. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that. I can't let. I I I just I want, Yeah, I just usually don't. But usually I grab something. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe a breakfast sandwich, beef uh, jerky, donut, or uh, but always ice so I can uh. Ice my drinks down. There you go. Uh, post Yellow Creek after my live scope. Excuse me, my live scope and my graph died because I killed the battery on it and I was catching zero fish and having zero bites. My uh, second peanut butter and jelly from Sheets never tasted so good along with the beer that I was drinking on my way back to the launch. So, <laughs> um, Well, that's what the ice is for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, question three. If you could only take one rod and one lure to a lake or a river and you have an infinity of said lure, what are you taking to fish? I'm Jake. And my, uh, I mean, the the rod setup that I fish it on. What do you throw your swim things on? I throw it on a medium action. Uh, and usually throw it on a high ratio reel. Very Are you nice. throwing like a skirted, skirted swim jig? Or are you just throwing like a, mm-hmm. like a belt? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I synced it. I, I synced it in his kayak and said, was, fuck, I wish I had one of those. Like, well, I had two of them set up on two different rods, two different colors on two different rods. Yeah. One's, when, one's a backup and one's, one's for real. When he saw the 21, he was like, motherfucker, I knew I should have had one on. I did. I really did. Like, I was already like, I don't even want to say like it was like it wasn't fuming that I was that like I flipped and everything. It was just like, fuck, I can't believe I did that. Whatever. It is what it is. Like, let me get dried off and like, let's keep fishing and everything. And then Joe's like, dude, this guy fucking put up a 21. Instantly, I was like, caught it on the fucking swim jig. I know he did. <laughs> uh, all right. Question number four. Do you have a favorite fishing professional? Um, Van Dam. Nice. Hence Goat. the power. Goat. Hence the power. I'm yep. looking. I'm looking forward to see what he has in store for like being a part of the bass like entity like in the community after being done fishing competitively. I'm really looking forward to that because like what Bill Dance did was incredible. Like he, I, th- I feel like Bill Dance kind of quit competitively fishing early earlier than he should have maybe i don't know but like kvd could compete actively probably for another 15 20 years and i'm real interested to see what he's got in store for like being a part of the community now that he's done yeah it'll be it'll be pretty awesome i mean that dude is legend of legend at this point i mean the amount like someone uh obviously there's been all kinds of social media posts and everything with a lot of the the bass fishing pages i follow and everything and just seeing like the amount of tournament wins that he's had and like someone had 
if maybe an MLF like did a post on their own that said about how many like tournaments he's won through them. And then someone commented on the post and like, Oh yeah, let's don't forget like the amount of bass masters he's won. And like all the stuff that is outside of MLF. It's just like, Jesus, like that guy is unbelievable. Like super awesome. Seems to be like a pretty genuine dude. I mean, I've never had an opportunity to meet him or anything like that, but um just seems super cool and he does make some you know has some good stuff i i like throwing uh you know i have the the caffeine shads and stuff like in my in my bag right now actually to take this with my me. favorite actually the uh his uh kbd square bells uh my favorite crank to throw I have, I could go and grab a box and show you the number of those I have in it right now, actually. So mm-hmm. it's, um, and yeah. they're, and they're cheap. Yeah, they are. They're, they're relatively inexpensive. Yep. Yep. All things considering they are, they are inexpensive in comparison. Um, you know, I, I've seen him do a couple like instructional things on like MLF and how to, like throwing flukes and like that sort of stuff where it's just like, you know, how he does it. And it's just like, man, like this dude just oozes knowledge and it's so awesome. And all right. So last question for you. Do you have a dream fishing vacation? Uh, not really. <laughs> not not that I well actually yeah I'm sorry let me uh so every year I go on vacation uh, we go down the satellite beach and uh, my dream is to go out there on the ocean like I I got three days out there this year and uh I, I need some tarpon so uh, I, I had uh I had some uh the one day I was out there this year I had three five to six foot tarpon five you know they were they were big they came right by me eyeballed me laughed at me <laughs> and uh next day i had a uh, bait i just wasn't able to hook into any of them but uh i had uh there was bait balls going nuts the next day and they were blowing up all over me five foot away and they're blowing up on these bait balls um i've had one hooked a couple years ago but uh managed it ended up getting off uh, cutting the line so uh Definitely, I would say that's the the dream vacation is more of uh, the dream fish. Okay. On vacation. Yeah, I just watched a. Uh, I just watched on the a, kayak, of course. Oh, of course. Um, I just watched a video on Instagram the other day of these dudes that were, um, they were fishing for them and there were mullet like a big ball of mullet coming down the beach and just getting blown up like tarpon sharks oh. everything dude it, you should these there was glass minnows were just going nuts because the first two days i was out it was dead i couldn't catch bait um and i wasn't set up to throw artificial at the time uh which you know i just wasn't prepared because it was two years since i've been there and we, we took last year off and uh it, it, you know, usually I just go down and catch a croaker, catch croaker and live line, at, you know, easy on vacation. But uh, I couldn't do that because I, I caught one croaker this whole year, the whole time I was down there. It was on the third day and then ended up coming back. It was shark bait. I came back with half a car, half a croaker. <laughs> but uh, 
these the the glass minnows on the second you know that i was trying to figure out how to catch bait and you know the guys are like the people i was asking at the bait stores are like look watch for the birds oh yeah okay you're right they were um but then these birds are going nuts bait balls going nuts and these tarpon were just blowing the shit out of them it was and it, and this went on for about a, an hour or two flurry i'll just spread out through the surf that i was in it, it yep. was wild i just couldn't like i said i couldn't cook anything but the experience like there was one time a bait ball went right under the kayak went past the kayak i'm like oh shit what's gonna happen is there a carpenter just gonna <laughs> blow me up just fly I, I right mean, over top of your kayak to fly over top of me hit the tail you know i mean i i, don't, I didn't know what was gonna happen it was wild um because the, awesome. the bait ball just came right through the kayak where i it was it was interesting um yeah the video i watched these dudes they hooked a mullet up to a drone and they flew the drone out on like the back side of the ball of fish and they dropped it in and you see these two tarp tarpon just like swarm and come and hit it and it pulls the line out of the drone and the dude hook sets it and it's like a five to six foot tarp and it's just like that's mm-hmm. fucking insanity that looks so awesome um yeah that would uh going down there i mean it's not necessarily a dream for me like but it would be cool as hell to like be down there and take a fly rod out and hook into something like that on a fly rod because mm. i've seen it done on the flats and everything so yeah um yeah i'm i'm not a, a like i said a mine's more just to get out and be out in the surf there on the kayak and pull the big ones in um yeah. you know it, it's they there's they said i seen those three come up and eyeball me they were less than five foot away in the water it was it was pretty amazing yeah that's awesome it'd be sweet to be able to hook into something like that uh so Prior to uh, Eric absolutely hammering the Kiski, we had an event on a lake that was garbage. <laughs> I like that. That's my segue, is that it was absolute garbage. Garbage lake. <laughs> garbage lake, a.k.a. Yellow Creek Lake. And... The winner is one of our hosts, and as much as I will berate him because I already know every fucking fish he caught and what he caught it on and everything, uh, Ryan Van Tyne took home the, the dub at Yellow Creek Lake. So congrats to you and your stupid fucking wacky rig. <laughs> that catches I 90- won't judge I ninety nine percent of your fish. He said he sent me this TikTok like Friday, I think, and it was in reference to me and my wacky rig, which I catch tons of fish on, and it was like this joke about like a a cover that said, "Well, I, I'm I'm not gonna judge you, but but everyone else is gonna judge." Yeah, you. it was the Theo Vaughn from his like podcast. It's like. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you, but other people are going to judge you. And that's and it, all it was, was a wacky rig the entire day. <laughs> uh, it's so like, again, I take nothing away from you. You won. 
congratulations like genuinely sincerely congratulations you won on a lake i'm sick and tired of you hearing you say that you hate lake fishing as you're I sitting don't in like, like second place in our yeah. angler of the year for lake it, it's mind-boggling to me too because i i thoroughly do not enjoy like i do not enjoy fishing lakes i don't enjoy it and for some reason this year I can't quit catching fish on lakes. Like I'm doing well. I'm very happy with my performance across the board this year. I wish I have done better at the river series, but nothing against the lake series, but I, um, there are some freaking river hammers fishing the river trail this year. And they are giving me a run for my money, but I'm just having a phenomenal year. Wacky rigging. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. And that's, and that's what it is. And it's just absolutely like, it's so crazy to me that John Cox over here, that like you do so, so well on one lore, like one one, in any condition. It's it's incredible to me. I don't understand it. It has to be, it has to be a time on the water thing. It has to, that's the only answer I can give. Because my time on the water, I don't like, I almost feel embarrassed to admit it, but like, I like talking to a lot of people over the years, they keep like charts and like maps and diagrams and like locations of where they caught fish and this and that. And like everything that I've done my entire life is just in my head. I don't write anything down. I wish I would to keep track of how many fish I Oh, you're we have someone currently on the podcast that is one of those nerds because this past year in like february ben sent me a message like hey dude uh so we have like a three-day warm-up coming up and uh last time this happened in 2018 we went and fished (laughs) these lakes with these baits and we crushed bass big bass and it's just like what the hell are you talking about? Like literally. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm exactly, and I think that's why Ben and I have such a neat relationship because like we are exact opposites in every aspect of life. Like it's kind of wild. And then like, it's embarrassing to me because like the part I think that like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to like being able to help people because like when I try to get people on fish, I can't. Well, you, because you tried I to don't do it with have... me out at Moraine. Like, we were out there, and you're like, okay, like, throw the wacky on the backside of those lily pads in between where it's lily pad, then it goes to, like, clear water, and then there's the shoreline, and you're going to hook into a fish back there. And it's just like, wait, so this is how you catch all these goddamn fish? Is, like, that's what you do? <laughs> like, that's literally there's, all there's you couple, do? So there's a couple, yeah, there's a couple places that I've put it, and it works. And that's why I was trying to show you that because, like, that's one of the – and at Yellow Creek, that's one of the places. Like, that's – at Lake Arthur. Typically, Lake Arthur is an outside edge lake for me, historically, but only because I fish one launch. Like, I'll go to one launch, and I'll fish that launch, and that launch fishes outside edge because that's where the creek channel runs. And that's usually where – usually, not always, but usually – no matter what the conditions are, the bass are lining up on that outside edge of that creek channel of the pads up against that creek channel. Like there's a there's a there's a reason the pads don't grow where that where that creek channel is back 
in where I fish. And that's because it just drops down too deep and there is just enough current to keep pads from growing. So I've targeted bass in that area. And I don't write that down because it's in my head. Like I know this, like when I go somewhere, I try the things that have worked for me over the years. And if they work, cool, I'll do it all day long. If they don't, I'll move to the next one. If that one doesn't work, I'll move to the next one. And at Yellow Creek, I caught a fish and it was the craziest thing ever because I launched, there were quite a few people at the launch that I launched at. Yeah. Before you, before you go into that, just to put in perspective. So, uh, we had our kayak tournament going on and Ben, how many people did we have? Was it 20, 21? 21 for the, yeah. Yeah. So we had 21 people launching kayaks that day. I pulled into the South launch where Dan, Adam, Joe, Chad, and myself, we all were launching out of there. There was nothing but a fucking parade of glitter boats going off of that launch. And it was just like, you have got to be kidding me. Like of all the days for a tournament for them, like it's the same as ours. Now, granted, like, you know, everyone that's probably going to listen to this knows that PA lakes are pretty much restricted other than Conneaut and Shenango or, uh, yeah, Shenango is not restricted. Um, Erie's not restricted, obviously, but the majority of our other lakes are, and you see like all of these boats and like, we saw them whenever we were at the award ceremony, like you're talking like hundred thousand dollar boats pulling out of this lake, which we're going to say something about what happened to one of those boats here in a little bit as well. <laughs> but um, so they had an event going on as well. And Greg, the wild part about that event, that was all let, uh, electric motor only. So they were only using their freaking. Yeah. I mean, they were only able to use trolling motors. I get that. Yeah. And they um, had like, Hundred and fifty thousand. It was the wildest thing. I, I'm a, I'm on I'm on board with Greg. Yeah, I I looked at the results of that tournament because I didn't realize they were going off. And I looked at the results uh, the other day, and they didn't catch I, shit. I'm, I, yeah, I'm pretty no. sure you guys crushed them. Yeah, they did weigh-ins where we were at, and I think the highest weigh-in that we saw while we were there was like seven pounds. Like yeah, it, it was, was not a good day for them, um, but. And also, like in perspective for our series, it really wasn't a good day for us either. I mean, you only had two limits caught out of 21 anglers and seven of us didn't even put a fucking fish on the board. Ron and I didn't even have a goddamn bite all day. Like, I don't even know why I stayed out in the water as long as I did because I'm a (laughs) psychopath, apparently. Um, It benefited me the next day that I, you know, showed resilience and went and found some fish and was able to almost put a limit on the board. But like, yeah, it was, I I have the amount of time, like the amount of boats that I saw out on that water. And while, after I got my boat in the water and got it out of the way so they could back in and everything, Chad had pulled in and I went up and I kind of caught him off guard. And I was just like, dude, where the what the hell are all these glitter boats doing here? And he was like, I have no idea. And it wasn't even like, cause typically I'm, you know, fairly, I'm super green in terms of tournament fishing, but like whenever I would think of like a tournament, 
I would think like there's gonna be dudes out here in like John boats and like small, like, you know, 16 foot bass trackers and like that stuff. Like, no, these were legit fucking bass boats that like show maxes and shit. Yes. Like two fifties <laughs> on the back of them. And it's just like, are they lifting the restrictions here for the day? Like what the hell is going on? But regardless of how they did, Ryan ended up taking the win um i can't remember and it wasn't it did like that was a thing like you were sweating because you got off the water early like you said noon yeah and you only had what 70 75 and a quarter yeah which in most situations i feel like for us for lake series like yeah that's not you're you're just asking for someone just to beat the shit out of you at that point Mm -hmm. in time yes Especially like, like historically, Nate, and I know why he does it. He he fishes until he gets a limit, and if he doesn't feel like it's a big enough limit, he like he'll fish a little bit more and try and get a call, and like try to submit his fish after he has a decent limit, which is fair. There's nothing I, I have nothing against that at all. But when he had zero, and I'm like, I can see him in the pads punching. I'm like, there's no way Nate's been in these pads this long and hasn't caught anything but he and didn't then, like, it wasn't until like 11 o'clock i think they said he had fish like it, it was just a strange day i just it was i was it was really strange like because i when i put in i had my first bite and lost the fish before the boat and it was a decent fish i'd say it was probably around 16 16 and a half tucked up tight against the shore right after launch like literally 50 yards off to the left of the launch and then I go out and it was kind of tight. I mean, it was inevitable that it was going to be tight just because of the way most of our guys fish. Most of our guys, not all of them, but most of them will fish flats and lilies and grasses and the edges associated with them. And, and we're all respectable enough to try to fish around each other and give each other our space and, I get out in there and I told Ron was right next to me when I lost that fish. And I told him exactly what I was throwing, which I'll tell you in a minute, because I, I then paddled out and got up like kind of by Jeff lay. He was up in the, in the pads a little bit. And I was working around the side of them on the other side of the pads. And I hook into like, we were just bullshitting and I hook into a fish and I get a fish. It was like a 16 or something. And he's like, what in the fuck? He's like, I, he's like, I can't buy a bite right now. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like I am getting bit. Like this is what I'm throwing. And then I run into what's the dude's name that caught that massive small mouth at Pimey. Oh, uh, wasn't Larry. Yeah. Larry. Yes. I ran into and, and Larry and me and Larry were, I was back by myself back in this one cove for a while. And then Larry, he worked his way around back and i was like dude i'm catching fish on this like i don't know where you're at or how you're sitting but like this is what i'm throwing it's working for me because my goal is to see everyone catch fish i love when everybody catches fish it makes it fun like the goal is to have fun none of us are there to have a shitty time at all so if i can help somebody have more fun i'm gonna tell you what i'm throwing it's just my nature it's who i am so i i'm telling all these people and like I feel like some of them may have thrown what I was throwing. I don't know. Um, but it may be the difference maker. I, I I don't know. Like 
For largemouth, I throw the five-inch free minnow from 412. I feel like the profile of the bait falls so much differently than a traditional Senko that it makes the difference. I, I, I just... because It, it might. I, I did, like... Flat. I threw, I mean, I knew what you were catching on. Like it wasn't a matter of not knowing. And I was in a different area of the lake and I fished shallow. I've, I beat like, and it wasn't just me beating up the grass. It was myself. There yeah. were two bass boats that were near me. Adam and Darren were within relative reason of the same area I was in. Joe, uh, Joe, that won our Arthur event. He was in that same area. Like that area got the shit kicked out of it that morning. And I only saw one fish get put into a boat. And it was those younger kids that had that, that decent one that we thought was going to be a lot more than was like three something. We're like, wait, what? Like that fish looked like it was easily four plus pounds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, and I mean, I ventured and I tried some other areas and everything, and I think what really, like, that day, what encompassed how bad that day was for me is I'm running live scope, and I pull up on, like, a juicy, juicy lay down, like, beautiful tree down in the water, in a little cove, off of a point, I'm like, there are going to be fish here. I know there's going to be fish here. I put on my live scope. I look and like, I see big profile fish swimming around this lay down. And I'm like, here we go. Like I flip into it with black and blue, pop it around. Nothing flip into it with watermelon red, pop it around. Nothing flip into it with a green pumpkin max scent creature. Nothing drop shot it nothing i'm like what in the fuck is going on that like i have at least four to six bass that like i mean i'm still fair i'm new to live scope don't get me wrong like i could be completely wrong and say like it could have been carp swimming around but i'm fairly certain that the fish i was seeing in amongst a tree were not carp swimming there they were bass and nothing i threw in that lay down even got a whiff of a bite from any of those fish. And I was just like, I'm done. Like I am there. If I'm not gonna be able to catch one fish out of this group that is right here, I'm not going to catch fish anywhere here today. And at that point, like literally I just started kind of making my way back. I went and like went back further in that cove, hit a couple other laydowns, And then I was just like, my live scope died. And I was just like, give me my deer jerky. Give me my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Give me a beer. I'm going to start driving back to the, the launch. I'm done. Yeah, it was, I, I definitely, I don't know. Like I, I, it was weird for me because I caught what I did and nobody else like even came close. Like, it was just a weird feeling for me because I wasn't excited. I, wa I was excited that I won, but like, I like, I almost felt bad that nobody else caught fish. Like, I'm not that I felt bad. You know what I mean, though? Like, you know how I am. I like, no, it's, I like, and I think it's coming like when it's fun, people are catching fish. Like, when it's all said and done, like, there's obviously going to be a winner and a loser. And that's just the way it is. It's competition. But like, I just like when people enjoy it and it's but not, you wanna, 
you want to see it like how it was the next day at Kiski, where like <laughs> Eric had fish on the board, Chad was catching fish and like coming up yeah. hot at the end of the day. Like, yeah, people were catching fish and like, you know, and, like even had... though I got my shit kicked in, it was an enjoyable day because I saw everyone just having a good day of fishing. Yeah. So and I, I think that's probably more because of the, the director aspect for you that like, you know, you don't want people to be discouraged, even though I will tell you that I heard multiple people say that they do not want Yellow Creek on the schedule for next year, Ben. So Just, keep that yeah, in mind. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, KP, it's not going to be on there. <laughs> I think KPD is uh, overtaking that, and that's that's coming from a lot oh, of people no. that fucking hate <laughs> that lake. So. <laughs> I am not one of those people, so you all can just screw right off. I would love to have that link on our uh, series next year. Um, but yeah, I get that where it's like you want you want to see people catching fish, and you know it's it's difficult. I don't know. I feel like you should not take anything away from yourself that like you had a great day, you won, you caught fish. Yes, other people didn't, but like that's fishing. Like I have made trips to Erie to go steelhead fishing and walked out of creeks with never putting my hands on a fish. Like I have came away from lakes where it's like, literally like I caught four fish today. Like what the hell did I do? Like, how did I not catch fish today? I don't understand this at all. So it's just, it's the nature of the beast. And you know, it is where, and it wasn't as if it was just one person was having a bad day. It was yeah. a lot of us were having bad days because again, <clears throat> 21 people in that tournament, only two people put limits up you and Frank and Frank measured an eight inch fish that day. Yeah. So like that's, you know, it's pretty ridiculous to, to look at it in that perspective that, 30% of our field, 33% of our field never even put a fish on the board. Like Tyler was on the right fish. I don't know when he caught them, but he was on the right fish. I think it and say like he said he ran out of the the bait that he was using. He ran out of the color of the plastic that he was flipping with cuz he said Nate caught a freaking hog. Yeah, Nate caught a 19 that took home yeah. big bass that day. And Tyler was, I remember him saying that like at a certain point, he was just like, you know what? He put like a one ounce weight on and just started punching the heaviest stuff that he could find to try to find fish out there that day. Yep. So it's, uh, you know, again, it is what it is. There's like you you did nothing wrong in the fact that you caught fish and you won. So again, congrats to you. Um, to, we didn't say about it for the Kiski, but Eric took first. Um, Chad Claypool took second. And is it Dave or Dan McIntyre took third? Rick. Rick. Sorry. I don't know why I had Dave or damn. I had geez. Oh man. Um, so he took third. Uh, and, I think I was the only one that didn't put a limit up that day. Um, I I tried. I probably, to be honest with you, the very last fish I caught, I probably could have measured, and I bet it would have been eight inches, but I didn't even put it on the board. But, um, you know, it, did, it wouldn't have made any difference to me. I think I finished one inch behind Russell, so I maybe would have jumped him by a little bit. Uh, but I highly, I don't even, yeah, I mean, I guess I would have if I would have put eight inches on the board. So, um, but 
Yellow Creek was Ryan in first. Uh, did Tyler finish second or was Frank. he in Frank finished in second uh, and then Tyler finished in third. Nate uh, took home big bass. So um, congrats to all those guys. And uh, before we kind of talk, you know, somewhat briefly about how the season has went so far, uh, we have completed the regular season of the Keystone Bass Kayak Series for this year. So we have two events coming up. Uh, ben has the top 20. Those have been posted on the uh, on the page on Facebook. Um, I know myself, I shared it on my Instagram. Um, I'm pretty happy with where I finished in both series this year. But uh, we have a pretty awesome event coming up here over Labor Day weekend on the Susky for our river championship. And yes. then in two, it's two weeks after that, we follow that up with a, uh, event on the Allegheny reservoir, which like, it feels weird for me to say this just because I have not done well. I am more excited for the Susky than I am the reservoir because <laughs> like they're both intimidating bodies of water for their own perspective reasons, but the reservoir literally just, it, I don't, it doesn't scare me. I, that's the wrong term to say it is intimidating, not from a, a fact of being afraid of it just because of how fucking massive it is and how deep it is and how unfamiliar it is going to be for, I feel like a lot of people that are going to be fishing in it to be completely honest with you. Um, and I think a lot of people are trying to reach out to as many people they know to get as much Intel as they can into that. Um, but before kind of giving a little bit of a, you know, somewhat of a primer for those, since I do have Ben and Ryan on, um, how, what are your overall opinions of how things went this year? I mean, this was one of the, this is the first series to my knowledge, and you guys would know this better than I do, that there has been a separation between lake and river events. I feel that it was completely accepted across the group of anglers that have fished it. Um, it has opened up a massive opportunity. You have in the river series, the yacht boys like Mike and Matt and Sean and those Eddie. dudes, Eddie. Exactly. Yes. That like, they haven't fished a lake event at all, but they have killed it on the moving water. Mm -hmm. um and then you do have your you know it seems to be more lake guys that except for ryan um that have <laughs> you know done fairly well on the the lake side of it so as the directors i mean how do you guys feel like how have things went for you guys this year i mean this is completely new to the realm of kayak fishing for PA, I feel like. And again, like I said, it's been awesome. This is only my 
This is my first full, like legitimate. I jumped in completely this year into fishing uh, the tournament series and it was awesome. Like I can tell you from an angler perspective as someone that's competed in it, that this was truly cool as hell because it opened up a number of opportunities to fish and it really, you know, helped you adapt different styles and even gain knowledge and all kinds of stuff throughout the year. So directors, what do you think of it? You going to start Ben? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I guess I'll get things kicked off a little bit. Um, yeah, to my knowledge, I don't think anybody, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't think anybody's ever had a separate river and lake trail. And they always have them like intertwined. You might have like a couple lakes, a couple rivers, have them mixed in. But we, you know, we felt like it was important to have them separate and then have their own championships. And I think everybody, it seems from everybody I've talked to, that they've really liked the way that it's set up. I've gotten a lot of good comments uh, about that. Um, And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you got your river guys, you got your lake guys, but you know, at the end of the year, we have the overall championship. It's going to be the best of the best. So I think it's just a cool way to, to set things up and, and see, you know, who, who is the best of the best. Cause we got a hell of a lot of good fishermen in our state, to be honest. Yes. Like we, we have a lot of guys that have been fishing kayak tournaments for a very, very long time. And so I, I just think it's a it's a different way, it's a neat way, um, and I think it's a fair way to, to do that. But also, I think a lot of guys have fun doing it, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think, and in, in my aspect of it, I was kind of my biggest worry was the existing Keystone guys not being big fans of having separation like that only because um it the way it used to be you had the opportunity to fish a couple lakes and a couple rivers but when ben approached me and i've said this in an earlier podcast and ben approached me about separating it and me being the river director i it was like he was like in my brain because i've been thinking for years about a rivers only trail and i was like absolutely you know i and he's helped me tremendously with like what is needed for this stuff and i feel like it was kind of neat to actually see our idea of having them back to back fail kind of because yeah, i mean yeah it was neat seeing that because we both agreed, like, we were like, well, what would be the best option? Like, and Ben and Ben had like Saturday, Sunday, and I'm like, yeah, dude, that would be sweet. Like, try to have them in close proximity. And we thought for sure that it would be a hit. And not that either side has like had low numbers, neither. I mean, the rivers are obviously going to have lower numbers just because of the aspect of floating and, you know, trying to yep. set things up with people. That's, it's, that's, it's a commonality of a river event, yeah. but neither one suffered. Like they both excelled, like both trails excelled independently, which was really neat to see. Like it wasn't me bringing 
15 guys from the river trail helping Ben get a benchmark number. And it wasn't Ben bringing 15 late guys to the river trail to hit a benchmark number. We both consistently, I think the river, the lake all season was consistently a couple above 20, I think. And then it was probably like, yeah, I would say, I would say the river, I'm trying to think of like back through like leaderboards and stuff and like how I finished and everything. I would say the, the river series was consistently 18 to like 22, probably throughout the entire year. Yep. Yeah. And it was neat seeing that. And then the cool thing about that is, is that gives Ben and I like fuel for us moving forward into next year and discussions on what we're going to do. And I think next year is just going to be leaps and bounds. I don't want to say better because, because better would insinuate that we didn't do good this year. And I feel like we hosted great tournaments for people to fish. And I feel like it just next year is going to be even more advantageous to fish the events. And, and our bodies aren't going to be beaten up and bloodied raw on Monday morning when we're trying to to work. Yeah. So, you, so, so he, you don't have to call off work on Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want to. Yeah. Um, so I got a stat here. So I, I keep track of, you know, with all the points and everything. And you so sure overall, do. yeah, uh, the, uh, the river trail had a total of 35 different anglers this year that signed up for an event and the lake trail had 45. So we weren't even that far off. You know, that's different anglers. Um, so I, I mean, overall, so you're looking at 45 and 35, some of those are going to be about the same. So, I mean, I, I thought we did a, a heck of a job between the, the two of them pulling in different anglers. So, yeah, it was that, neat seeing, it was neat seeing two crowds at like, cause I, I think every event this year I did both Saturday and Sunday minus my Lake Arthur debacle, but I was still there. Uh, <laughs> um, it was neat going on Saturdays to the Lake events and seeing an almost an entirely different group of people at the Lake events than Sunday with the river events. That was really cool to me to see that. Yeah. It, now it would have been awesome to have, like what Ben and I had planned out at the beginning of all this, it would have been awesome to see 30 dudes go Saturday and then go camping Saturday night and go fishing on Sunday. That would have been cool, but it was even neater to see just that many people at both events and a predominant number of them be different people. Yeah, it was, it definitely was. I mean, I fished all of the back-to-backs except excuse me, except for Arthur and Clarion, because I had to go, we went on vacation on Sunday for the Clarion event, um, or otherwise I would have fished it. And yes, I will say that as someone who did fish, what, 75, how many back-to-backs did we have? We had Erie and French, Moraine and Clarion, and then we had Yellow, Yellow Creek, Creek and Kiski. So yeah, I fished three. two. I fished two out of the three. Um, was it fun? Yes, I enjoyed it. It was a good time. Absolutely. Uh, did it kind of suck a little bit in terms of like getting home, unloading, reloading? Because I am someone now. Granted, 
I may be in the majority, the minority with this, that like I run two separate kayaks. So like unloading, reloading all gear, getting re-rigged for a river series in like minimal time in an evening and everything while still trying to be like a husband and a dad and taking care of like the stuff I have to do at home. So that way I don't have issues with going and fishing and all this stuff. Um, you know, that was difficult to a degree, but like, it still was cool to be able to like go and do it. And it did, you know, I fished. So let's see. So I fished Pimey for the first time this year. I fished Yellow Creek for the first time this year. Um, I fished uh, French Creek for the first time this year. And I have all the other stuff I have previously fished in those bodies of water. So it's still like that's three out of the eight events that we had were completely new bodies of water to me. So like that was kind of cool in that perspective of like, not only was it, you know, different between doing the lake and the river and everything, but it also opened me up to like newer bodies of water and even like new areas of fishing those same bodies of water that I previously have in the past and everything like I have fished the Kiski before uh, Nick and I have floated um, Roaring Run to or Avonmore to Roaring Run a couple times um, which I was like oh yeah it's a fun section and then like you say about it and you're like the majority of guys are like that section fucking sucks. Like, why are you fishing that area? <laughs> so you're like, Oh, okay. Like, all right, well then what's a better area to go to. So, you know, it's allowed me to, you know, get a better knowledge of, you know, a lot of bodies of water and everything. I would just completely take yellow Creek out of my mind if I'm able to. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I can say, in agreement with like what I have already said that it was, it was an awesome experience being able to fish two separate trails um, with an end goal in mind. And I think that's, what's really cool about it too, is that the way you guys set up the championships um, is what's really awesome about it, where, you know, you're battling for a lake, you're battling for the river, but then like, once you get to those, you know, I was trying to explain this to my wife the one day, like, okay, well, you know, then we like, I'm done with like the tournaments, but I still have the championship. And if I went, like, if I play so like a certain point in that, then I go to like the, the championship and she's like, so are these like the playoffs basically? And I was like, (laughs) yes, that's perfect. Like, that's exactly what it is. It's the playoffs. Like, so, you know, to have like a regular season, a playoff and then a championship is really, really cool because I don't think a lot of other series or no other series offer that to where you're taking the 10 best that finish on the Susky and you're going to take the top 10 that finish on the Allegheny Reservoir and granted, um, and you might be able to uh, elaborate a little bit more on this where like how before I'll, before I'll finish my train of thought here before I ask the question they're like, then you're going to take those two sets of 10 people and you're going to put them on Lake Wilhelm and the Allegheny river and say, have at it boys, fucking Royal rumble. Let's do this to the, in these next two days. And let's see what happens here. And at the end of this, 
you're going to get this sweet ass championship something. I'm not going to take it away from Ben. He kind of gave me a little <laughs> hint on what it might be. Um, and if you're smart enough, you might catch the wrestling reference, but um, I don't know if that's going to be the actual case or not. I really hope it is because it'd be fucking sweet to have that thing hanging over top of a fireplace. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it just, it's a cool experience to be able to, to have that to where it's like, you know, you're doing all this for one series. You're doing all this for another series. You combine it, you do a championship. Um, but as someone who is again, newer into this, like I've got to meet a lot of cool people this year as well, fishing different trails, like being able to be introduced to, you know, Dan and Joe and Chad on some of the lake stuff and then meeting Matt and Mike and Sean and those guys that are like the killer yacht boy, like river fishermen. I like, it's cool to be able to, you know, not to sound corny about it, but it's like, it's building that community per se of anglers to be like, you know, maybe next year, Ryan, you might be able to talk to Matt and be like, dude, look, I know you fish moving water, but like get your ass into a couple of these lake tournaments or like, vice versa with some like lake to river guys and everything so that's a leaper pick when it comes to lakes man he he definitely <laughs> lakes you could talk to ben matt used to fish against ben a lot in ka i think yeah, yeah he he knows what he's doing yeah <laughs> seems that way <laughs> but yeah it's been uh it's been really awesome uh this year and you know kudos to both of you guys for being able to put something super cool together um for something to this you know i don't say like magnitude but obviously there's a lot of planning and there's a lot of shit that goes into play to make these events happen and everything um and then like the other stuff with it as well like you know after the kiski event having neil and Evelyn come up to the the ceremony and Neil being like, oh, hey, by the way, like, here's gifts for your top three guys and everything like that's yeah. cool as hell to have that kind of stuff happen and everything. So, yeah, Neil and Evelyn, I've known them since I was 12 years old. They are a major, major part of my life. I have visited them numerous times throughout the year, every year. Um, I host every year a birthday float quite a few years ago, I decided to like, not and like, instead of a birthday party, I just do a birthday float. And then like, instead of a present, I just ask that you bring a couple dollars and donate it. And it, at the end of it, we do a donation to the Kiski watershed association. And then like that help they help maintain the waterway and like the rip, the, the river roads that have trash all over them and stuff they do it helps fund all the things that they do for the Kiski. And uh, it, it was, Neil is, Neil is an awesome human being. Evelyn is as well. And uh, I had no doubts in my mind going into the season when I wanted to do the tournament on the Kiski about asking them to have the award ceremony at their place. Um, just because Neil, above all else, Neil supports the anglers and uh it was really neat to be able to see that and uh i i did hear neil say that the ceremony though and i do agree with him even in the like few times i fished that river 
Um, and hearing what the Kiski used to be like a number of years ago to what it is now and seeing that it has continuously gotten better year after year, like that has potential to turn into like a very <coughs> solid class, whatever stream river, sorry, uh, for smallmouth fishery. And I think it showed with our tournament that, you know, there are monster fish that are in there and it's only going to continue getting better. And especially with stuff like Ryan, with you doing with your birthday float and other people supporting, um, you know, that, that waterway and everything where it's, it's just going to, it's going to continue to grow and it may end up being a nice little like gem that's in Western Pennsylvania that I feel like a lot of people are going to be attracted to. Absolutely. But I think that that can be a nice little finality to tonight's episode. We, we got, we got some big stuff on the horizon boys. Uh, and I, there's even bigger stuff on the horizon boys. There, there is, (laughs) I've, I've heard rumblings. I've been told to keep my lips sealed. I promised I would, I just, you know, we've made, we've made some deals, some, some back, some back, uh, backroom handshake stuff has happened and everything so um i'm very very excited for uh for what's going to continue happening with uh kbks and you know looking ahead in the very quick future susky in a week and a half labor day weekend i uh i'm actually going to be fishing with you two uh you two jokers and And anthony and anthony which i was wanting to figure out how to segue into saying about him earlier and this is the perfect time to do it how about that kid 17 years old decides he wants to come and fish a tournament jumps into the the kiski event what he finished fourth if i'm not mistaken yep yeah, finished yep. fourth, not too far off taking a, a podium finish. And on top of all of that, uh, because our the numbers have been kind of ideal for wanting to be able to fish in the end of the year series where we've had the 35 different anglers that have fished in the river series, but obviously you had to place and do all that kind of stuff. He has enough points that he is going to go and fish the Susky, and he's actually going to go out with... Uh, I mean, we need to figure out all the details, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the three of us. He's going to be tagging along with and uh, kids going to go out and fish the Susquehanna and that's going to be freaking awesome for him, which is like, yeah, I'm so stoked about it. Like I, I'd said in my post about kind of getting choked up when I was telling my wife about it. And like, I really honestly did because like, if you think about the time and effort that goes into learning how to fish a tournament, it's a lot. And most people don't learn enough just by researching it. You typically it'll take tournament after tournament of making small mistakes and like trying to fix them. I mean, you've done it. Mike did it a couple times this year with the caudal fin. I, I don't think I've, I, I've only had one fish deducted, but like it's common for people to like, kind of like a learning curve. Yeah. This it's excitement. Kid, you catch a fish, you're in your yeah. tournament, first tournament. You're like, Oh, fucking sweet i caught my first fish like let me get this measured and then the mouth is open your hands wrong like whatever it is but like you said kid knocked it out of the park like 17 he researched and and he's very passionate about it 
And it's like it even like something else even happened after all of this. Like I called to talk with his mom to see if he would be able to go with me. And, you know, she was telling me about him and like he's going to Penn State. And I was like, oh, shit, Penn State. Like I made a connection years ago with Dylan Kristolowski, who's on the River's Edge fishing team, who now fishes for Penn State's club team. And I'm like, I would not like I have to give him this kid. Like I have to connect these two people. Turns out like this kid's going to be a senior. Anthony's going to be a senior this year. Turns out they're majoring like Anthony, what he's going to Penn State for same major as Dylan, like same interests, totally wants to be involved with the bass club and like texted me and was like, dude, thank you so much. Like I I've asked so many questions and like, he's helped me so much already. Like, I don't know how you like this. It's just weird how things work. And it was so awesome to be able to like, even if nothing comes of it, I at least gave him the opportunity to do something and pursue something that he wanted to, to, to explore. And uh, it was really cool. And then like, also like, the Susquehanna is like a bucket list like river for a lot of people. And this kid, I'm, I'm one of them. Like I never thought second, I'd be going out and fishing that lake, to, that river, to be honest with you. He's fishing in a championship for almost a thousand dollars on an, a bucket list river. It's just incredible. I'm, I'm super stoked. I'm probably happier. I don't know. He's pretty stoked. Like he's, he's definitely excited, but, I'm so excited to be able to give him this opportunity. It's awesome. I'm. It's really, really cool, man. I can't wait. I hope he freaking whoops all of our asses. <laughs> I mean, I would not be, you know, as long as I finish a quarter inch behind him in second place, I'm fine with that. So, but <laughs> no, it's, uh, it is pretty cool. And um, yeah, we, whenever we got down to the Allegheny on the Kiski float, he was right there fishing off that one Island and literally within like, three minutes of watching him he hooked into that 17 plus that he caught and joe and i were like holy shit he just caught a really nice fish right there so um yeah it's really really cool that he's gonna be able to do that and obviously we'll work out details between uh basically between the four of us really at this point because i'm pretty sure it is going to be ben uh ryan anthony and myself that are going to be fishing within the same area on the uh, susquehanna in two weeks so but yeah, we will see how things, uh, how things play out for that. It's going to be awesome. I'm super excited. I'm pumped for it. Congrats to Eric for winning the, the Kiski event and being able to get out there and fish in the, the series championship as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm, you know, I'm obviously shooting for a win, but a top 10 to at least get me in the chance for, uh, the overall, uh, championship would be pretty awesome, but regardless, if I go out there, I don't even care if I go out there and I catch one fish. If I catch some massive fucking stud on the Susquehanna that just runs me and pulls my kayak around, I will be stoked about it. I feel like there's a good chance I'm going to catch more than one stud fish. Um, maybe I'm being optimistic, but, um, and that's weird for me to say, cause I'm usually a glass half empty kind of guy, but, uh, I want to, man, I just want to get out there and get into some big smallies and continuing to watch video after video on YouTube has made me even more and more excited every day. So 
with that being said, we're going to wrap things up here tonight. Um, thank you, Eric, for being able to jump on. Ryan, congrats again on your win out of Yellow Creek. You river rat of a lake fisherman and uh ben, i always wanted to say this i wrecked them yeah <laughs> jesus christ all right and uh and ben you unfortunately had some stuff happen in personal that you know kind of pulled you out of the events from this past weekend um we all get it we understand family and uh, everything else that happens around family stuff comes first but you're going to end up having a sweet ass cottage up on the Conneaut and uh, you're still going to come out and fish a, a renowned smallmouth fishery. And I'm assuming you're probably going to fish the res as well. So um, it, it all works out in the end. Yes, it does. But all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here tonight. Thanks for jumping on. And uh, with that, the bastards are out. Later. <laughs>